think about it like this. Um, if you walk into the hospital and say you are the power of attorney, you're here to act on behalf of your best friend who's in a coma, the first thing they'll say is, okay, Ben, that's great. Um, we need to see a copy of that document and we'll get you all set up. So the documents don't do a heck of a lot of good if no one can find them. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, welcome into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He is Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and the owner of Rosenbauer Law Office. And we talk a lot of different estate planning topics. And today we're talking about one that maybe you don't think about, but who needs to know about your estate plan, right? Once you're done, you got it finished, you, you have a great plan in place. You've worked with Nick, you've spent some time, you've, you've done the work. Now, who else needs to know about it? So that's what we're going to talk about today on the show. We welcome in Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great, Ben. Uh, how, how about yourself? Everything's good on my end, man. Just planning for my daughter's first birthday uh, under oh the a COVID, her first COVID birthday. So we'll have a, a small <laughs> gathering and do everything at our house and keep it pretty simple. But hopefully by her second, maybe we can actually get out and do a little bit more. Right. You you had said first COVID birthday. So hopefully <laughs> it's it, hopefully it's her last COVID birthday as well. But uh, if nothing else, uh, not to make light of this, but if nothing else, you'll have a heck of a story for when she's older. Yeah. Because my guess is, think about these little kids right now. Who Who's going to believe this? <laughs> like, if I would have told you a year ago that it'll be a situation where, you know, the country will literally shut down, there will be, you know, laws and orders basically forcing businesses to shut down, forcing people to stay indoors— and then when you come out, you have to do this, this, and this, and wear a mask and what have you. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. Just imagine yourself a year ago, and I told you that would happen. There'd be no way that you would believe it. Um, no. So I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where I have no idea what's going to, uh, to happen next. So planning for the future on a lot of this is, it's crazy. It's anyone's guess. But uh, hopefully, hopefully everything. Uh, goes okay i'm i'm starting to hear the noise about the upcoming election and we're not going to get into politics here but i'm i'm ready for the commercials to go away you know they it's it's black and white commercial and then you know with some red you know dramatic text just boom you know for you know in the in the foreground of a picture of this corrupt politician here's all the money they stole etc etc um, I don't know. And it's, it's not going to get better, uh, between now and the election. Uh, that's for sure. Have you, have you get, been in the same position I have where I've been getting just not an insane amount, but an annoying amount of text messages, uh, randomly from, from candidates asking for money or from people talking about an upcoming campaign. I, this, this, for all I can remember, this is the first year that's really happened, but it seems like every couple of days I'll get a new text from somebody. Oh, so Donald Trump and Joe Biden are texting you, I guess. 
on their on their on their personal I, I, cell phones. I've, uh, that's, I've, that's a pretty big compliment. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should look at it differently. Maybe that should be a good thing. Nah, you I, should it, respond to both of them. It's not always them either. It's like a local campaign sometimes, but they'll always, you know, hey, you know, Joe Biden needs your support or Donald Trump needs your support. Only only a thousand more dollars will get us there, you know, or something like that. It's just a constant, it seems like, flow of these text messages coming in. Uh, and it's it's just like I don't I can't remember I don't know how my number where my number went to to get in these in these in these systems but it just makes you wonder like you know, w- will this end is it going to end will it only get worse as years progress like it's just all frustrating and annoying I'm, so I'm right there with you well I and I'm gonna jinx myself here uh, but I haven't got any campaign text messages yet um, I actually changed my cell phone number a couple years ago because of all the spam which. If you've had one number your whole life, and That's then you me. have to, then you have to text about a hundred and sixty different people to tell <laughs> them you have a new number. That is exhausting. That's weird. And then second off, my wife got calls and text messages from people saying, "Tell your husband his phone number got hacked, and someone's trying to say that uh, you know they're him and using a different <laughs> number." Um, so I, I guard it with my life now because from what I understand, you, you opt into something somewhere and then they just sell it to a big company that, yep. you know, is a data gathering company and they have, here's a cell phone number for a married business owner who's an attorney um, in the Westchester area and, you know, he's in his mid thirties and he does this Ohio resident. Yeah. You know, well, I think puts it in some sort of package, I guess. I think you're exactly right. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole. We could do a whole episode on what annoys us about politics. But um, <laughs> I, when we moved up here a year ago to North uh, to North Carolina, where we live, and uh, when I was changing jobs, and we moved from my wife's job, so I left a previous job, moved up here, and I was looking at insurance, and and I just put out some feelers, right? Just got on like the healthcare website, like let me just let me just see what the rates are, because I'd I'd never really been in that market. I just want to get an idea of kind of what they were. You pop that in, and then all of a sudden. It's call after call or text after text. So I'm assuming that a year later, I'm still in that system because every now and then I'll check up and say, hey, uh, are you still looking for health insurance? I can really help you out. I'm thinking that's that has to be the the common element there in this is that maybe that system, the healthcare system, when I put my name and, and my phone number in there, that that's, that's why I'm getting this now. Yeah. And my guess is depending on your your age and demographics or what have you, they've probably are trying to predict whether you're on the left side of the aisle or the right side of the aisle. Yeah, I I've got know. it for both, so I don't know who knows. <laughs> oh, okay. But. All right, so they're both after you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they're both they're both after my vote, which is good because I'm in the middle. Who knows? Um, all right, so let's jump into this, Nick, and talk about this a little bit more. And and let me too point you to Nick's website for for this for for more information on what we talk about today, but also for past websites plus a lot of his resources on there. Five reasons to avoid the DIY estate planning kits. You've probably seen them. Uh, there's the checkup guide. There's five essential documents that you need to know about for a complete estate plan. All that's on the website at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. But you can call Nick directly too if you want to talk to him about politics or about uh, estate planning. He'll take he'll take your call probably. 513. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe not the politics. 513-463-6789. So, all right. So the idea today, Nick, is talking about who needs to know about your estate plan because once you finish it up, you're done. You, you know, you're kind of set. You know, you're, you're set and taken care of and your families should be in good shape. And no one's required, I guess, to know about your plan, right? So, there are some, it is a good idea though, to share that information. Exactly. And this is more, I would say, practical um, or, you know, uh, common sense advice today 
versus technical legal knowledge. No one's required okay. to know, but there's a number of people where it is a good idea for them to know, at least at least certain aspects. And some of this information, and we'll probably go through and I'll, and I'll go over what they should know, and then anything above and beyond that is optional, I okay. would say. There's some families, and, and I'm not sure uh, how you were raised, Ben, but there are some families, none of your darn business, you'll find out when I'm dead. And there are some families who much more open. I have some families who literally share their finances with all the children. They know exactly how much they're worth. And heck, they take all of their documents, their whole plan once it's done, and they have a family meeting and have all the children gather around uh, at their house uh, over dinner, and they go through exactly how things are going to play out. So um, there, there's, a, there's a wide range of how this can go, but we'll go through the minimum. And okay. then as far as your privacy preferences, if you will, what your comfort level is, anything above and beyond that, it's a free country, you're able to do it, but you don't have to, uh, if that makes sense. So the first one, probably something that, uh, that, that, that'll pop into your mind, let's say something happens and you get, you get sick, you're incapacitated, you're in a car crash, coma, what have you. If someone has been nominated or if you've listed them to make decisions or do something on your behalf if you get sick, it doesn't do a whole lot of good if they have no idea that they've been given the job, if that makes sense. So the first person who should know something is, is the person, or hopefully if your attorney did it right, there's uh, multiple backups here, but the people who might have a job to do if something happens to you when you get sick, whether they're making medical decisions, talking to the doctor, if they are, they have to pay bills, file your taxes, pay the mortgage, things like that, they should know they might have a job to do. Um, they should also know where to look for your paperwork. And think about it like this. Um, if you walk into the hospital and say you are the power of attorney, you're here to act on behalf of your best friend who's in a coma. The first thing they'll say is, okay, Ben, that's great. Um, we need to see a copy of that document and we'll get you all set up. So the documents don't do a heck of a lot of good if no one can find them. So if you have a, if someone has a job to do, they need to know they have a job to do. They should also know where to look for the paperwork. And in, a, in best case scenario, they should know who the attorney is to call when something happens or if they have questions. So, you know, think about it like this. Let's say you're you're named as a power of attorney for your friend. Obviously, if you don't know about it, you won't do anything. If you can't find the paperwork, um, you won't be able to help. And then you find the paperwork and you say, well, heck, how do I sign a check on behalf of this person? Am I allowed to do this or this? Well, if you can't call the attorney or someone who can guide you through that, doesn't do you a whole heck of a lot of good. So that's something they need to know. Finally, on the medical side, I would say on the medical side more than the financial side here, it's a good idea for your medical decision makers who would be in charge of your care to have at least a basic understanding of what your wishes are and how you would want to be cared for uh, if something were to happen to you. Because, Ben, I know we're going down a dark rabbit hole here, but you're probably used to that by now uh, for as long as <laughs> for as long as we've been doing this. Um, but 
you know, what are your wishes on ventilator, artificial life support, dialysis, some sort of aggressive or experimental treatment, more proactive or more passive, comfort care, you know, how much is enough, uh, how much is too much, you know, and then obviously eventually it gets to a point where someone's just, you know, they're, they're ready to go on uh, to the next world. Um, and enough is enough, like I said. So obviously, it's a good idea for them to at least have a basic understanding of your wishes and how you would want to be cared for. Um, because by the time they have to step in, it's too late for you to ask them what they want. Okay. So you, you want to make sure they know that they, have number one, are in charge of <laughs> taking care of you if you get sick, and then beyond that, where to find the documents, the attorney, and then also kind of a basic understanding of what your wishes are. So that's the first one on who needs to know about your estate plan. All right. Next up on who needs to know about it is those that are going to be in charge of raising your children, and this, and this seems like a very important one. Exactly. First off, and you know, Ben and I, I guess, and, and the rest of the members of the new parents club here uh, can obviously attest to this. Being in charge of paying your mortgage each month and being in charge of my one-and-a-half-year-old, two totally different jobs. Okay, um, so the people who may be in charge of raising your children should obviously be given a heads up. Ideally, and again, doesn't always happen. Ideally, you have a conversation with the guardians before you name them, just to kind of walk through things and first off, make sure that's something they're willing to take on. And on top of it, you want to again go through what I just mentioned in the previous uh, uh, under the uh, under the previous situation. But they need to know where to look for the paperwork. They need to know the attorney that they need to call because think about it this way. Worst case scenario for financial decisions, there's a delay, your mortgage is late, okay? It's not great, but it's not the end of the world. You get in a car crash, where does your three-year-old go? I don't know if we can wait a couple weeks and just pay a late fee um, if uh, no one watches your, your child uh, for, for, the, for a few weeks. So that's something that needs to be addressed right away. And obviously, you probably choose your guardians based on their values and, and based on how they would care for people. But at the same time, it's also probably a good idea to have a conversation with them on your wishes, you know, how you want them to be raised, or at least write something down. Uh, I've had a number of people who at least write certain things down in like a book or what we call a guardian's journal uh, or something like that, especially if it's maybe a child that has uh, special needs or special talents or, or some sort of unique circumstance. Um, the more information, the better. That can be over an in-person conversation. It can also be uh, written down if you don't want to have the conversation today. But let them know where to turn. Make sure they're okay with it um, and make sure they're, you know, it's not a surprise to them uh, in the event there's an emergency. So very important. And obviously that's one where we cannot afford any delays, especially with young children. Yeah, that's a great point. I like the idea of of writing down all those instructions and wishes and just anything that's unique or special about your child. You know, I hadn't really thought about that part of it, but that's a, that's a good point. Next on the list, those that are in charge of settling your estate after you pass, they need to, they need to be aware of what your estate plan is. They, they should. I've had a number of cases where my clients pass away and everyone comes in for the meeting and it's a big surprise between the four children who's in charge. 
first off, that can get awkward. So selfishly, if we can address that ahead of time and avoid that awkward, tense conversation in my office, I, I would certainly thank you. Um, but but above and beyond that, they obviously need to know what their job is. And again, I feel like I'm on autopilot here repeating myself, but they need to know where the paperwork is, where to look for, and who to call when the time comes. The minimum, I would say, would be to tell something, tell someone something to the effect of, look, Mr. Smith, my wife and I, we have our plan taken care of. Something happens to us. You, you may be one of the people in charge of settling things, wrapping things up. We have everything. It's in, a, it's in a blue binder. All our paperwork's together, put in order. And we typically keep our documents in uh, the closet in the, uh, in the basement. And all the information on the attorney uh, who can help you out, his information's in the binder. Or I've had a number of people take some of my business cards and hand them uh, to the people and say, just, just take a picture of this and store it in your phone uh, for whenever the time comes. And again, this is getting optional. Um, you could share more details about the plan. You could give them a copy of it, but it's not something you need to do. They don't have a job to do yet. It's a job they may have to do in the future. So some people would prefer, like I said, have a big family meeting, go through everything. Um, and I'm certainly okay with the, the no surprises approach because anything that needs to be hashed out or talked about. You can have that then, but you don't have to. I would just say, at the very minimum, let the people know they might have a job to do. Here's where the paperwork is. Here's who you call. Anything above and beyond that certainly helps limit the surprises later, but again, that that would fall under the optional category. Okay, and the last one on our list today, and I'm assuming this one is optional as well, but having your loved ones uh, know about your estate plan and, and and how they might be affected by it. Well, and first off, this, if you remember the Venn diagrams from school mm-hmm. um, where they have the overlapping sections, um, this certainly could fall under under that. I think it's a good idea to at least let the loved ones, and let's just assume it's the children, okay? So the three children, they know something happens to mom and dad. One of them probably has a job to do. It's comforting to at least let them know, hey, we, we have our paperwork in order, here's where we keep it, and everything is set up. So when something happens to us, it's not going to be a complete mess. We, we've gotten our plan together. We've gotten our affairs in order. Above and beyond that, here's where we keep our paperwork. Call the name of this attorney. Call the office of this attorney when something happens. Like I said, there's, there's definitely comfort in knowing, usually parents or something to that effect, knowing that their affairs are in order and it won't be a nasty mess to clean up. If you have, if there's multiple kids involved, and again, this, this all depends on family dynamics, it's not a bad idea to at least let them know the basics and who might be in charge as opposed to you know them, them getting mad at each other and you, know, you were always the favorite or why did mom not, not put me in charge, etc. If there's any sort of big controversies or unequal decisions, and this is getting way into the optional side. This is not mandatory. But sometimes if there's going to be a big, you know, um, a big bombshell dropped or a big controversial or unequal decision, depending on family dynamics, might not be a bad idea to run through that now. One, to not ambush them with a surprise. 
after after you pass away. And if there's some sort of conversation or questions or, you know, issues or unhappiness, let the children process that and deal with that now when they can ask questions and you can explain yourself as opposed to when you pass away, the only person they can blame is their other sister or their other brother. It could certainly help prevent or minimize the surprise and the fighting down the road. However, you don't have to if you don't want to. Again, keeping the peace in the family should always be kept into consideration. So is it a Band-Aid you want to rip off now, or is it a Band-Aid you want to leave, and this is the way it's going to be, and you'll find out after I'm gone? Um, you're almost passing the buck here, but at the same time, you know you don't have to tell everyone what you plan on doing when you pass away. Um, certainly optional, but again, something to keep in mind. And Ben, probably the best way to look at this would be to close your eyes and imagine when you pass away and all the children or whomever's involved um, go through and maybe have the meeting in my office and find out who gets what, who's in charge, and how it's going to play out. Just close your eyes for a minute and think of how that conversation, that meeting may go. If you think it may be ugly, then maybe there's a possibility of at least shedding a little bit of light onto the situation now so that that issue gets brought up now. And when you pass away, other children or siblings or someone like that don't just turn on each other because there's no one else to get mad at. Again, you certainly don't have to, but something to keep in mind um, with the family dynamics, keeping the peace is never a bad thing. Yeah. So all these things you're not required to do, but I guess it's all about kind of making not just your life easier, but making everybody else around you that's important to you, making their life easier and, and being aware of these things and how to handle it. It's just going to save everyone headache, I think, down the road. So it's important to know and an important process. And But, you know, you got to start with the estate plan and get that taken care of. So get that worked out first. Uh, and I can always get in touch with Nick at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com or over the phone at 513-463. 6789, get that in order. And then from there, you can fill everybody in and, and go through this list uh, as well. And we'll have this up on our webs on the website at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, along with all the other uh, podcasts that we do. So uh, very good conversation, Nick, and, uh, and, and good to know. I mean, this is a good set kind of follow-up to your estate plan. I think a lot of people are just, they probably are relieved when the estate plan's finished and just like, okay, it's behind me. Now I can just live my life, but it's important to take these extra steps. Exactly. And if the whole purpose of getting your estate plan done was to get your affairs in order and make things easier on the family after you're gone, which is the main reason people call me to begin with, why not take this small extra step? Because it can, it can do so much good. It can really leverage or improve what you've done, the, the work you've already put into setting your affairs in order. And think about it like this. Selfishly, I want to make sure that I am treated and taken care of the right way when I'm sick. And also, God forbid something happens to my wife and I, I want my son raised the right way and taken care of the right way. And by the time these decision makers step in, you know why they're stepping in and taking care of, uh, of my son? It's because I'm not around anymore. So they can't ask me anymore at that point. I don't like leaving it to chance. I don't like having people guess how you would want to be treated or how I'd want my son to be taken care of. Um, one last thing, if you have updated an old plan, perhaps you've had a couple versions of this, one last uh, 
pro tip is to make sure everyone can find the new paperwork. One of my biggest nightmares is is that will that you did in 1986 and, you know, was before your last <laughs> child was born. They start searching through the house and tearing it up and they find that in the basement and they say, oh, great, I found mom's will. Right. And if that's not the governing document, if that's been updated and redone. So make sure they know the updated paperwork, uh, not just any paperwork. So, you know, kind of a kind of an extra tip there. But absolutely, Ben, all we're doing is setting setting things up to where I get taken care of the right way and my loved ones are cared for the right way uh, after I'm gone. And this is just taking uh, an extra step to make sure that happens. Well said. And thanks for the pro tip. We always appreciate a good pro tip on the show. So we squeeze one of those in for you as well. So we'll conclude it on that note, Nick. Uh, enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for pointing out all these things to us and why it's so important to, to have everybody in the loop on your estate plan once it's finished. So for Nick Rosenbauer, I'm Ben George. Thanks again for listening to Complete Estate Planning. We'll have another episode in a couple of weeks. So please hit subscribe and we'll talk to you then. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.